All right, folks, we're back for a podcast. I know we've been, uh, we've been gone for a little while, been super busy this summer, but uh, it's finally time to get him in. So uh, Tim March from the UK. Tim, how are you doing? I'm very well, Dale. Thank you very much. How are you? Good, good. We've been meaning to do Tim's rants for a while. Obviously, we've been uh, keeping tabs on Facebook. Um, and yeah, we've finally got a little window of time to, to bang one out. So uh, what's, what's new with you? What's new with MRD? What's, uh, what, what's, what's going on? I can, the, pot, the potted thing with MRD is um, I had to put it on hold for quite a while after having a lot of, wanting to get a lot of energy around it, just because Brian was busy with other stuff and couldn't commit enough time that I needed to make the amount of bikes that I wanted to do. Interestingly enough, he was making bikes for uh, kids and well, adults with dwarfism. And amazing bikes, amazing bikes. Brian, and he was Frank Curtis, right? Yeah, yeah, incredible stuff. All the bikes are on his site and the rest of it. So he kind of got really, really in, involved in all that. And to be honest with you, unless it was kind of authentic, Brian doing it, that connection, I was like, no, we'll wait. I'll wait. It doesn't matter if I've let a load of people down or whatever it is, expectations and all that. It's just, it was just one of those things. It just didn't timing one right and couldn't do it and had to halt it. So. I'm still sat here with the drawings. Interesting enough, they've changed a bit, so some stuff that's going to be a bit better on the on the bikes than I'd thought about. So there's a few things changed in there with uh, bottom bracket sizes. Um, I've been following the interest of disc brakes, all that kind of stuff, really. So I'm not saying that I'm going to bring a disc brake MRD yet. You know, I haven't gone that far, but I've been following it with some interest with all that. So that's been good. Um, other than that, like I said, just you know, prodding around. I'm going to do something in media at some point, and 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 with BMX and uh, bikes and and whatever. But I kind of haven't really worked out what that's going to be yet. Yeah, well, like, it's, it's changed a lot even since last time me and you talked, really, hasn't it? It just seems to. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Re- I think it's really. Yeah, yeah. You just you know you look at how people receive media. You know, Instagram is massive. You know, for a lot of people. Uh, Twitter's still big for another lot and then I think the great thing about Facebook and a lot of people hate it uh, but Facebook's good for more like a community I think where you can, I like the fact you can go on Facebook and find people that will post up photos that stuff you never heard of you know, or never seen of you know, back in the day or whatever it is and I like it because of that I like, I like the fact that there's a big part of history on there that, that I never saw at the time that I can go back and, and revisit, which is a lot of the, for me is a lot of the motocross stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the, the seventies, eighties motocross stuff. And a bit before that, to be honest as well, which is the Rickman era, which would be the six fifties and sixties. Um, I'm mad for all that stuff. So, and I've made a lot of connections and all the rest of it through that. So I'm interested in it, but in terms of trying to, do a me do media and and make a living out of it very difficult i think it's really hard you know vice do a, an amazing job i think i'm impressed by them and they do such great media there's a couple of really good uh skateboard things that i catch up on one of them's nine club which i really really like that you ever seen that i don't know i see a few things that you post in that but it's just it's so busy with the bmx stuff i yeah. I, I little get little sidetracked with skateboarding and obviously try and you know freestyle a little bit but it's just so yeah. so much out there isn't there if you start looking at stuff yeah yeah that's time. what i mean it, yeah sure they, they, and that's the thing is there's so much and whereas before there used to be kind of one place you used to go to to, to try and find all the best stuff now it's just 
it's everywhere you know and and it's sometimes it's really difficult to find it's like mining you know you, yeah yeah and time consuming you know yeah and you can you miss so much stuff that's what i find quite frustrating and you just think how the hell did i miss that didn't even hear of it and it just appears and then you know one minute that site might have gone in six months and not be there again but you want to have a look at the nine club stuff dale because i reckon that'd be good for you and your uh bmx's in no i definitely in, in your neck of the woods it's done by um chris roberts one of the chocolate skateboarders base brilliant really really good oh no i definitely check so it out. What, yeah i try and keep up on it i try and keep up on it but yeah i've got some stories to tell still but i just haven't worked out how to go about doing that now you Not said yet. i see you set up a page then burning wheels media is that what you're gonna call yeah that? yeah yeah that's what i'm yeah that's it that's how i'm just doing it i'm just putting stuff up there at the minute uh, modern stuff old stuff on this i've got a few things in the in the can that are going to be unique rather than my personal taste, if you know what I mean, the stuff that I've dragged out of the past and showing people, but it'll be original content, stuff so like that. So it's not just going to be BMX, it's going to be like skateboarding, no. motocross, all the stuff you like? Yeah, all the stuff I'm interested in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look forward to uh, seeing what you come up with, yeah. I mean, you have a little roll out with that. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. Um, I mean, the thing is now, I see you doing that Facebook page, but now to when you do a Facebook page for something, you have to pay for the advertising, you know, to boost it, to get any to get any yeah. views, because obviously they yeah. they close the reach in so, so much yeah. now. It's, it's like I know. you can get more on your personal page than, you know, like a, a yeah. team business yeah, page, sure. you know. So yeah, they're not daft, are they? they I mean, it, I, I've got a good friend of mine. He just says he just absolutely hates Facebook. And, and, <laughs> and I think for good reason in, yeah. in terms of the kind of, I guess probably the ethics around around the background of it and how it just is monetizing everything and uh, about monetizing everything. Uh, but there we go. You know that that seems to be the way the modern day's gone in a lot of respects. But you know my interest is still, I think, in um, mainly in the fringes. You know, I like that. You know, like when we were talking earlier about what Corbin's up to and all the top guys mm-hmm. yeah most of those don't most of those guys don't really say much that that's interesting you know the only thing that's interesting that they do is ride yeah that's no, true there's, there's not really much of a backstory they don't want to risk telling a backstory i think they're so I'm scared they're so scared of backlash i yeah. think a lot of to that we'll, yeah. we'll talk about bmx racing like some of the, the yeah. pros and stuff and you, you get it you know if they say this or that it's going to cause trouble and someone's going to yeah nobody wants to wake up in the morning and see people you know, talking crap on them, and I think uh, that's affected. Uh, I don't know if it's affected, but it's it's definitely you don't get much because if you do know a lot of these dudes, they're actually cool dudes, fun dudes with some good stories. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I think a lot. This is the difference. I think maybe I don't. I like all these chats we have. I've never never got a plan of how they're going to go, so I'm just thinking out loud. But in skateboarding, which is more, I guess, more of an outsider thing than than. BMX, it does affect, a, a, attract, I think, and I don't like making generalizations, but a more kind of left. At least originally. And the, how they've kept their authenticity and integrity within that group of people is is not by giving it the bullshit. Here's my Red Bull drink. Here's my bloody monster hat. Here's this, is that. They do it to a certain extent, but it's not. It's not as naff as, say, watching... You know, do you remember when the Supercrosses were on about four or five years ago and Dungey was on there going, and my, you know, my Dunlop tyres hooked up great and my Smith goggles while I was looking through them and they looked amazing and well, still, my KTM... I mean, most of the guys still do all that, don't they? Yeah, it's just, it's just utter 
shite that, that to me <laughs> that's not believable if someone's talking about brands like that that would put me off and i know a lot of other people that it would put off they just know they're saying it for the and a lot of them had to read it off a board didn't they because they got so many bloody sponsors they couldn't even remember them at the end of a race and i think bmx pros are still a little bit stuck in that kind of fearful thing of of they're more afraid of what they're going to lose rather than of what they might gain in integrity if they're honest mm-hmm. about a weekend you know if like if you i follow all the guys the english guys and you know after that the last couple of races they've had you know which which there's been some good bits in that in that for all of them and there's been some bits that, are, that i'm sure they're probably looking at you know I won't single out any particular rider, but I'm sure they all know that there there are improvements that they can all make. But everything that comes out of that media that that they that they come out of and out of that that process is is you just like read it and it's like a press release. It's not real. And if I was a fan, and I am a fan, I mean that's why I'm still in. I'm 54. Yeah, why do I still watch kids ride round tracks? I mean, well, I watched every moto, every race of the of the worlds. Why do I still do that? It's, it's not it's not because I'm earning any money. No one's paying me to do that. Is I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm no, we fan. all are. Yeah, we all are. I, guess. Yeah. I agree. We're all the same. A lot of people are doing the same thing as what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and so as a fan, you think, well, what is going to endear me to uh, to a rider? Well, the first thing is 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 straight is if you're going to stick a microphone under their nose they're going to be straight one of the greatest interviews for me from the world to be honest was bess i thought Bess interview she was amazing at the end she told the truth because she said i never thought and this is for possible. those that didn't listen that's uh beth that won junior um junior women right beth junior women's Shri- yeah. i just say shrievers shrievers shriever yeah. yeah yeah and and best best that's to me one of the best most exciting things i've seen in bmx for a while because best been right on the cusp of having one of those breakthrough races and you know what that's like dale it's like one of those races that kind of you then know you think oh i can't do it i can't do it whereas before she's always been fast incredibly skillful and she's won races but there's that bit where that takes you to the that next level you know like where you just think oh my god this this has really happened to me. It's like you almost, you could see that she was almost having to pinch herself, you know, because of it. And I was really excited for her because of that, because she said I didn't, you know, her words were, I didn't believe I could do it. And sometimes I think that believing in something is a lot of old rubbish, is that I think that most things that are achieved, especially if you're a sportsman, are done through hard work. So there's a process rather than being a belief. It's a goal and a process, you know, and I think sometimes we kind of get a bit too wrapped up in the, I don't know what the word would be really. Um, it's like a, it's like a, you know, like those, there's a, there's a saying, believe, if you believe in it, you can do it and all that kind of, it's crap. <laughs> to me, that's crap. That doesn't get anywhere. It's like, if I want to achieve something, it doesn't, if, whether I'm making a meal or if I want to make that meal well, guess what? There's a process to it. It's not a miracle that it happens to look beautiful at the end of it if you followed the process. 
it's only, you only get shocked about things if you're not used to doing things in a process. And then what happens then, I guess, sometimes is now and again, you get glimpses of what may be possible and what may be achievable. But unless there's a process there, it's not going to be repeatable. You're sounding like British cycling. That's their word, Tim. They say the process. It? The Chinese used to is always it? say Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, the I process. Yeah, okay, but uh, well, let's, let's go to British cycling quick then, just now you've mentioned it. Part of that pro- part I knew I'd get process, you on that subject. Yeah, yeah. Part of that process is, is having is a legacy. To me, the first thing as a rider, especially the elite with the, all the guys at the minute, like Paddy and Trey and, and, the, and, the, and the women with Beth and um, Blaine, for me, the first thing you would be looking at is, is legacy. Is like what what is it that I want to achieve here? Like, what are, what, why am I here? Why am I racing? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And everything else after that is the thing you're talking about. And I think, so this is my beam upon it about British cycling is, I think they get, you know, I was looking at Quillen uh, doing his rehab this week and he's in a nice gym, he's broken his leg, what, I can't remember, eight weeks ago was it he broke his femur? He's in there doing, he's got a, weight on each end you know big old front front squats he's doing you know getting getting back to normal i mean that's not everybody has those facilities to do to do that you can't i can't sit here and go british cycling is the worst thing in the whole world because it isn't uh but there's a there's a problem at the minute with our program which you can see and it's easy to see is that we at the minute the riders that that are on that program uh, 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 not getting beyond quarters or semis. If they get to semis at the minute, that's that's as far as we we seem to be getting consistently with a few like Kyle and. Well, it seems like uh, Kyle is is winning laps now, like and he's winning it to quarters and semis, and then obviously there's a little there's a hiccup for him. There's a yeah, semis is where he kind of he goes from winning a quarter or a whole shot in a lot of laps, and it's yeah. just that last. Yeah. He needs that last little push over the hill to that get into the bit, main. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's the hardest bit, Dale, don't you? We oh all yeah, know that, how, yeah. how hard that once is. Once he works know, it, once he works it out, then then yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're in the main and podium, you know, regularly yeah. if you work it out right, you know. But I worry that that the same thing has been happening within that group of people, apart from Liam, for a very long time, and the same coaches are there, and if. It's easy for me to say because I'm not involved in that, that that whole process of it. And I understand that it's very difficult for them to, when someone like myself is critical of what I see, when they probably uh, think that the whole process of being involved in British cycling is amazing, you know, and that they've never experienced anything like it. And they're all getting paid and they've all got somewhere to live and they've all got nice food to eat. And they all get ferried around everywhere. There's a, you know, for a lot of those kids that are involved in that program, it's, I would think, I mean, I, I, like I said, I can't speak for them, but for a lot of them, it'd be a dream come true, you know, to, to, to be on that program. But irrespective of that, I, I think that watching, watching them, you look at how fast they are, you know, look at how fast um, Kai White can be. You know, he's yeah, yeah, he's really impressive. Very fast. Some, that that kid, if he once that kind of little thing clicks with him, that's going to be interesting. You yeah, know, no, no. Once he gets a bit of first straight, it's uh, sure. amazing on the track. It's going to be yeah. And so, I think 
because Paddy sent me a message and said, well, you know, instead of criticising everybody, come up to Manchester and the rest of it. But I don't need to go up to Manchester till, at the minute. Well, I can't go up there because I'm just waiting for Neops and all the rest of it. But I, I don't need to go up to Manchester because at the minute I can just see that if you're not, if you're racing elite and you're pedalling seven, eight, nine revolutions less per, per, per race than the guys that are winning, that's part of what needs looking at, isn't it? If you're, you know, because if you're not pedalling your ass off between jumps when somebody else is, then you, you're not going to get as far. Some people get away with it. I, I see, like, watch Corbin. We all watched Corbin last week. That's why I mean you were talking about him before we before we hit record. Um, he's got a lot of Dylan in him, where Dylan could, mm. it, like me, I pedaled everywhere I could. I just needed to. But where Dylan could somehow, and Corbin's kind of the same, like slow motion and doesn't seem to do much, but still goes, you know, just goes super fast on, on top of having a great technique, you know? Well, look at Kai White's last straight when he was in that last way back in that thing at the world. So, I mean, he came from the last straight. He came from, what, third, fourth to first? That European round, um, was it in Italy, was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, so, great talent. So they, Yeah, and the thing is, is that all those guys have got talent. It's just that, to me, when you look at them, they just need developing differently. Trey, you can see he needs a different approach than some of the others do. You can just see it. He's In his character, he's different. I've really not. Paddy, oh yeah, I've really Paddy, not studied it. Like another one, I've really not studied him this year. Like I, I know there's yeah, seems I, to be like a, a group now, a depth that really all could be really good. Yeah, like I say, but I, I guess I watch Kyle, Kyle a little bit more just because he's, is you know, is winning laps a little bit more and is uh, yeah. Well, he's the he's the most consistent out of all of them, isn't he? He's the one that just you know, and if you look at the you know what he did uh, at the World Championships as well that in in. Um, was it the World in Manchester where he got second to Liam? The World Cup, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, then he's shown the most promise at that level, hasn't he? So what he's done after after having that breakthrough, that's a breakthrough event for him. And now what he's got to do is work out how to replicate that when it's not on home turf, which, as you know, it's not easy, any of that, is it? It's home, home turf is you've got the crowd behind you, there's a lot of hype, and it's a nice feeling racing a home a home mm-hmm. big event, but I think they. I think once you once you've sat down and you and you look at. I mean, you must have done it at some point, Dale. De- and and I know um, Jamie will have done it in BMX. Both of you would have worked out and gone right. What do I want to? When I stop doing this, how do I want to leave it? How do I want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't. I don't think Trey or um, Paddy or, or any of those guys will want to be remembered at the minute for ha- for for how for where they're at right now because I think they got more potential than that and I think and there's got to be a way of getting that out of them or at least helping them be able to see it and it, it seems and it's a mental thing isn't it? it you know there's a huge mental leap you have to make because it's like Kyle's fast. So the so it's only a mental thing. It's only getting mm-hmm. the same gate. It's only getting that same gate that he gets in heat 
or a set or a quarter. It's only getting that same gate yes. in the semi. When it, yes, it's like brain fading. That's it all counts. it is. Yeah. yeah, it's repetition. It's mm-hmm. not even getting the best gate. You know it's not about that either. It's Even if you can get out equal mm-hmm. in a semi and you've got the power that Kyle's got, mm-hmm. he's going to make a main. But but that's, that little step that he's got to get is is that is difficult and you know whether his coach I don't know who his coach is but you know I heard it, I heard why it was done and gone but then I see all pictures of him last week and I see that and I'll, I'll give him credit they're in Colorado this week so they are racing a little bit more you know so but I but I thought well, why gonna, it was done that is, yeah that's going that is going to help them. I think they've all had to reapply for their jobs haven't they since the shuffle at British Cycling I think that's what's happened I don't know so, yeah I think I think Bloomy and uh, them they have to they have to reapply for their jobs because of the, the restructuring of British cycling. I don't think everybody had to, but I think some people that had been there a specific amount of time had to reapply for their jobs. So, you know, he may well stay there. But I would be going to my coach and at the minute if I was them, because they're capable of more. Do, do you agree with that, that they're all capable no, yeah, of more? No, yeah, there's like a little a core little group now with some potential to, uh, you know, have two, three, four guys in there regular, if it's the same, it's getting yeah. over that last little hump, isn't it? Sure. So, um, yeah, 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 sure. So if they're capable of more, it's just sitting down with your coach and going, look, I've been doing this for a while, we, we're, we're making some improvements, but I would be pushing the coaches a bit harder, personally, myself. I would, I'd be wanting a bit more, because you've... I wouldn't want my destiny to be in their hands. Well, as, as, as what's Liam's, and I know he's injured and all that, is he still want to come back? Or I know you're a big Phillips fan, so, um, and, I, and I saw he just got this new well, role in UCI, so, I mean, is he going to get more involved in that, or is he still going to try and race? I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, wish, I wish I did know, I mean, but I don't, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't even know Liam. I don't. I can't even remember. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him. I mean, I like anybody that's English. If they, mm-hmm. uh, if they're fast on a BMX bike and they win races, I'm interested in it. Or they potentially can win races. I'm interested in it. But I don't know. It seems to me that after all the bad press that British Cycling have done or had, that what they're trying to do is appease the people who were the ones that probably had the biggest grievances. Which is why I think Cookson might have had something to do with the job for Liam at the UCI. I mean, they've got Sarah Walker on there, haven't they, as well? And then you look at... Um, I don't even para- know what it really entails. It might just be one of those where you, they need to put riders on a board, but they actually don't... Yeah, do yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think they do that to just keep everybody quiet mm-hmm. and make make everybody think that there's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone's, yeah. You've got a voice Some even input. though you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even though you, you've got none whatsoever, which, you know, everybody knows about British Cycling, the, the, the members don't have much of a say in anything so yeah i just think with them you know the boys at the minute i just think legacy is important and i and i think um maybe because they're happy with the program and happy being on the program and not happy with being criticized because they're just happy the way things are then then that may be enough for them but for me i can see all of them have got more potential i i can see them being better than they are and it's only little tweaks that are going to do it and and you, I want the best for him. I don't want to come across as some asshole that is tearing them to pieces because I don't feel like that. It, all I can see, like you, is when it comes to the filtering down from the motos to the eights to the quarters, they get stuck when the heat gets on. Mm-hmm. 
when the heat's the hottest, there's that's when the mistakes come. And you know, you and you can see it at the highest level too. I and mean, I don't know what you thought about when you were. Did you watch the um, worlds on TV? Were, were you on at TV or were you were you ringside? No, no, I watched it. I watched the. Uh, no, I, I was at home. I uh, I watched the uh, the feed on Facebook that everybody was watching. Okay. And I watched yeah. the Colombian guy uh, Carlos yeah, for, yeah. during the motos, and then I went into the, the yeah. Jason Richardson NBC um, yeah. show, which I think was the one that went around the world and was the TV show. Yeah. You know, so I guess we all kind yeah. of watched the same thing. You so, know? so what what did you think when um, you saw Corbin in one and? Uh, uh, Jarrett in two. You know, Jarrett I was talking. I, I was at, I was at the track yesterday. Um, I was talking to Tyler Brown. We were talking about that, and I, and we were talking. I like Corbin's been in that position, not so much at the worlds, but at big races, World Cups, and, and nationals, where he's had that inside lane, but where he's kind of not got out and got cut over on. And um, and I, I, to be honest, I I thought that was going to happen again. But uh, to his credit, and I guess Tyler was saying Romero's, or no, I guess Tyler was talking to Sam Willoughby, and he's like, no, no, this is. I guess Sam Willoughby kind of said this is how what's going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. He says this is one of the times that um, yeah. Corbin's going to get out and wind it up, and uh, yeah, I, I thought Joris to be honest, but it looked like uh, Silvan Andre no, jabbed him. I, a little I bit did, I did pedal. up until then, and as soon yeah. as I saw that in the final, I was like, that's the end of that. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, so, for, for, for you know, credit to Corbin, he. He yeah. didn't make a mistake and shut down the inside and checked out. You yeah. know, well, I guess not checked out, but you know, start to finish yeah. at least. You know, what the comment? We got to talk about the commentary, haven't we? Please, just for a minute, please talk about the commentary. Pete well, look, oh, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm I'm not going to talk crap on Pete. He's my buddy. Um, is he? Uh, is he, Dale? Uh, some t- on and off. We're on off buddies, but we're on at the moment. So. Um, my take on commentary again is I, I was I, I was talking um, talking about it and I think you need when Pete's doing the the feed for the uh, you know especially the challenge classes I mean you need a Euro guy uh, to to, to complement him you know and I, I guess Brooke Crane she she it was it was tough for her as well but I think I think she thought she was going to be doing the elites and she she really wasn't <laughs> she really wasn't ready um, I think you need I know it's not you know you guys are Facebook enemies. Um, you need Pete. Oh, no, I I'm not. I don't. I'm not an enemy. I just. I just. I know. I know. You. You two guys go at it, but I, you need a Neil Stewart that knows absolutely. Not only does he know the European riders, he he can like. He's got the pronunciation. He's got the, you know. Yeah. He's got the full like him and the the Dutch guy that does it. Some of those Euro rounds. I don't know who yeah, he is. Yeah. He's on my Facebook. Um, yeah. You need somebody like that alongside Pete D because I mean I I I, I was talking. I was like I think I could maybe. Do pros quarters probably still be tough now, but semis yeah. onwards. But I would be lost as well. And I think, um, yeah, you need one of those Euro dudes to kind of to kind of put with your with your guy, you know. So yeah, just I just think for as a fan, you want to you want to be hyped and amped when you're watching the sport you love, or you've just switched on to something and you're just getting into it. And I think when you've when you've experienced something like Rob Warner and the people he has doing the downhill commentary for the World Cups, and and you know how good that is, and you watch, I follow Supercross, and I follow outdoor motocross, and then you've got, in the US, you've got uh, Grant Langston and um, Wigan, which is great, you know, there's other people that probably might be a little bit better, but still really, really good, and then you come across that on the world, so I just thought it was well, bad, also, I, I talked to Jason about it a bit, and, and I know from when, even as back as when I'd done a little bit, you know, three, four, five years ago, 
like they don't want you to say sponsors and a lot of the the broadcast is used for TV so they really have to be careful what they say and like say they yeah. can't 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 say writing for Mongoose writing for GT writing for like which I think you know because they do in you know and, and Supercross and I think that you know even if it's a monster you know sponsored by monster but they still have no problem name checking everybody else which I think is yeah. cool and I think well, that's when you what get we to do the lose final, on that yeah. When you get to the finals, though, you know, it's, it would be nice if someone remembered your name as you're winning a race instead of being the Dutch guy or the French guy, or the Italian guy or the, the, you know, the Slovakian woman or the Russian woman or whatever it may be. They've I think the names. jerseys has got a lot to do with that as well, though, you know, it's like the national jerseys. And I guess it's a you can't even mm. debate that now because it's just new. people. Yeah. But I still think it should be where everybody rides in their, you know. Um, at least in the amateurs, if you're paying your own way, then why shouldn't you know? Why do you have to wear a national shirt? You know, I guess. Yeah. No. I guess no, now, no, I we all complained yeah. about that a lot before social media, but now it's cool to to put your national shirt on and say you're doing it for England or USA, even though you know you're 50 or whatever. Which you know <laughs> yeah. you, you see it all on Facebook. It's uh, cringing yeah. at some points, but so I think it's gone from where we used to wear our regular jerseys at Worlds to national shirts we all complain especially the people yeah. that still paid their own way to go there I understand yeah. that you know it's an elite you know national team and they're paying for everything fair enough but um, now it seems like everybody wants to wear the national jersey so they can pull it on on Facebook but yeah. I think it really relates into it makes it even tougher for the commentators you know the announcers you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So especially yeah. I mean who's really going to go and um, you know, do research on all those five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. You know, eleven girls, twelve girls, thirty. You know what I mean? Yes. No, uh, I, I know, but the, but the, exactly. But there are there are some people. Who, well, like I say, that's where you need your Euro guy who probably exactly. like say your, your Neil Exa- Stewart yeah, that yeah, actually yeah, probably does yeah. and, and and can do that. I, I mean, I listen yeah. to him; he, he gets it. You know, so yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. What else did you take from the world's Tim? Um, I guess it was big crowds. I, well, I just found the, I, I found the facility interesting. I, you know, the fact it's there, and I read the story about how it all got started, and that Mike King um, is part of the program there, and the rest of it, which is you know incredible facility. Not the most interesting of tracks, you know, at all. But you know, and there were obviously people making comments about that. I have my opinion about it, but my opinion is just my opinion is uh, you know. What was heartbreaking for me when I was riding back in the eighties was was going to tracks that weren't challenging, you know, because that would be boring to me, you know. And I can see why a lot of people moved out of BMX racing because they actually wanted to have fun on the track. They wanted big jumps. They wanted to be challenged uh, technically, in the same way that. Um, you would on a motocross supercross track, you know, as, uh, which is different than other forms of, you know, riding MotoGP with different thing altogether, you know, but one all about the speed, the other one about more about skill. And I think, I think that I thought the track was it for me just, you know, it's very, very boring, but that, having said that there was still some great racing and that's not taking it away from it but, but. i saw a lot of people complaining again um yeah, we're all in the same feeds i guess at least you know we are with the english people and i see a lot of them complaining and stuff oh it's boring it's too much pedaling i mean it's too much pedaling that's funny hearing that today <laughs> um everybody knew yeah. that track's been there since you know whenever it was 2014 2015 yeah. uh everybody knew what was was there when they get there and at the end of the day there's been lots of shitty world championship tracks well you and me yeah. have both raced on some hideous world championship tracks so yeah and, I, and i'm not a big supercross fan either but it seemed like the track was fair you could seem like you know people winning from the outside lanes as well yeah and um yeah. you know 
Um, no, I, but I there was some but, great racing. But I remember when the yeah. worlds were in in Zolder a few years ago, and all, all the Americans were saying, "This is too technical. This is, you know, it's hurting our riders." But then it's, it's the guys who have their own advantage. It's been like that since you know early eighties, as you know. It's just part of the worlds. If it's in your country, you've got an advantage. There's nothing you can, yeah. You know, if it's in Europe, the Euros guy, it's just the, the traveling, the the food, the you know, it's yeah. different lifestyles. So you, you're always going to have that home advantage, well, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, just, and, and just like looking at all the people moaning about the weather and you're just like, hang on a minute. You're yeah, in, you guys didn't in, know. Yeah. You're in Carolina. What did you think yeah. it was going to be like down there? Right. When, when Craig Schofield and I went to the Murray World Cup in, I think it was 83 we went there. Mm-hmm. In between races, we sat in the lake, in that lake yeah, that was yeah, next yeah. to the track. It's still, and it, yeah. And it was... I'd never experienced heat like it, apart from in Japan. I mean, East that Coast it. in the summer, yeah, it's brutal. Oh, and I remember more yeah. complaining when when they went to the Worlds in Orlando, you know, hot and humid there, you know. So um, that's the same with the Americans and the Australians and South Americans. You yeah. know, it's always tough when we've been there. But when they come to England and, and Europe for Worlds, it's raining. It's what, So it's, yeah. it's you know. Yeah. It's, it's but, that, but, that is, but that is the kind of stuff that makes champions, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the it's kind adapt, of stuff where you adapt to in the... Yeah, and that was, you know, I'd mentioned that. I got, I got criticised for, for saying, I think I put no excuses UK, which, funny enough, Jason had used that as a bit of a mantra for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Richardson, which I really liked too. I, di- I didn't know he'd done that, but I thought that was going to be one of those weekends where any you wouldn't if you went there, and even if you weren't used to the weather, if you worked at, sussed out how to hydrate yourself properly and deal with it, and as long as you could eat properly, you do. Your you know, you were you're in you're in with a chance, you know. And how you deal with that, you know what it's like is how you deal in the pressure cooker. Is is the is the stuff that makes the champions? One I, I I heard some again. I think it was the English again. There was a lot of complaining from English. Um, they were complaining that oh well, it's I don't know if it's a pro gate or a, a bend sink, but they was complaining about the how it's a little bit slower than normal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, are you yeah, kidding I, me? I, yeah, the the 2001 Worlds in and everybody that listens to this that was there will agree. The 2000 and the 2000 Worlds in Argentina, it was riders ready, watch the lights, red, yellow, green like drawbridge down you know and then yeah. the year after i mean it's in england or europe or anywhere in the 80s and 90s every race every track i mean that's where i think a lot of the guys with a little little background little little history there um adapt you know we had to because you had no choice now they've got two there's two systems i think pretty much a ben sink and a pro a pro game and people are complaining that it's point 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 slower than it is yeah england, yeah you know yeah but is- i th- i think i think there you you hit the nail on the head with the difference between Today's riders. Everything now is if you if you're in an organised sport. Mm-hmm. If you you look at British cycling, how big that is. It, it, everything's cookie cutter. It, it what the, you know? It's yeah, about yeah. infrastructure. It's yeah. about it's almost about everything, but what's best for the rider exactly. And and that is the way everything's gone. It's like and so when it comes down to the rider and there's one little thing that's different, it's almost like they have a nervous breakdown. Oh yeah, because yeah. They, and then you're gonna hear about it on Facebook used. when the Americans came to England. And I I knew that before. Um, and I don't want to talk about Brighton. I think I've just worn that out. But I do remember we we had we used to laugh about it. again that the, the boys you know um, our crew will will you know the Murrays and 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 grot bags and everybody that's listening to this will, will laugh. At the time, and uh, you weren't at the races kind of much, that 
we called it the bird at the gate was tweet, tweet, tweet. That was the English national. Yeah. Back to any. Yeah. And we called it like the, the uh, you know, the, the birdie song gate or whatever we call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we knew when the, when the, when everybody came to the world, we knew it was going to be a problem, especially for the Americans that are used to ABA or MBL gate, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing, the gate dropped on Gary Ellis's foot in practice, you know, because he was trying to. Yeah. You go back yeah. and watch, watch the semifinals and quarters. I mean, Stumpaz was it cause, just because of his style of gate. the only guy that could get out that gate. You go watch Brian Foster. Like. I love like, watching all those old races. But you, you, what, like I say, the gate dropped, and again, he just he puts his race yeah. head on, and, well, and the, the, then guys the, were struggling all, all weekend long, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's, it's, but now today's, yeah, it's, it's point, point, a little bit slower, and they're all complaining, which I, I find kind of, I chuckle when I read all that stuff, you know. Well, it's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it is. It, it's, um, yeah, it's funny. But, you know, well, back in, I think I went to a few races with Revel to help him out when he was riding, because he rode for me for a while after I kind of, t- after I'd finished, and I think he won the Euros on MRD. Then I think he was riding Mongoose for a while. I went to a, a few races with him. I think one, a couple of the pro ones he won. Right. And then I did. I did. Yeah. I don't think I. I went to a not not. I didn't travel to a BMX race for quite a long time. I don't think after that. I followed it, but you know, just with the mags and you had and to adapt. People. You had to. I mean, you got a couple. The gate dropped before the yeah. even, before it even set them up. But I mean, Flemdog will laugh about that one. It's, it, before the red went off, you had to go. It was it was guess, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I can just think today's riders need to. I don't know if need to, but is the word. But I think if you're a bit more rounded and 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 can adapt quicker to different situations, that's they're the guys that can, you know. Um, well, yeah. that, that's why someone like Maris has, has had the adaptability. He's been adap- he's an adaptable rider, isn't he? That's well, why he's still got a bit of that old. He's, he caught the last end of, of Europe, you know. When it, yeah, I mean, he's been around a long time, so he he was part of a little bit of that era, you know, even into the two thousands where gates weren't the same and tracks. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's like say so cookie cutter as today. What I do, you know, I I did, and the world. It's funny. The worlds have only just finished, and they're already hyping up the next one. You know, the the Baku. What. However you say it. Um, the only thing I say, I don't want to get into the whole Supercross um, take and tracks because it's just kind of played out, or at least me, me talking about it. But I feel if you go to a place like this for a world championship, there needs to be some BMX happening. You know, it's obviously it's just the money thing why we go in there. And um, there's no, you know, like I say, there's no legacy program. I guess you could use uh, London for an example. How they use that, they tame that track down and um, yeah. it's used regular now in, in coaching and stuff. Well, John yeah. Stockwell, I think, does it. Um, yeah. yeah, we're going all the way out there, or the riders will go all the way out there, and you can see the facilities, there's always videos out, and this crazy administration uh, building at the track, and I'm like, wow, for one race, or I guess they've had one race, but there'll be one more race, and it's just a shame that so much money spent, and then there's no after uh, to help you know the sport in uh, in that particular country, you know? I think that's, I, that's I, a big letdown, yeah, you know? I, I agree, I think, but I think, there's a, I think there are quite a few reasons as to why that's the case, and I think a lot of it's to do with... Uh, uh, well, I don't know. In the UK, they're probably be- they're better at this in America. Is in America they're very good at telling a history. So if you, for example, if you follow the outdoor motocross and you go to race Redbud or you go to race Warshugal, War- they'll have Larocco's Leap. They'll talk. I know Sorry? exactly what you mean. They'll talk like Larocco's Lor- Leap. Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, you know, the yeah, Ch- they, Chad they Ray understand one. how to add value to the to, to the here and now, like the modern. Yes by bringing all the other stuff in. And mm-hmm. so what that does is you have this amazing experience. But 
it seems to, and the Americans are great. They, you know, they are the great marketeers for me. You know, I'm sure there's other brands, but if you look at the better ones, you know, Apple, Nike, you know, they're not European brands, are they? Let's mm -hmm. be honest. So, you know, what is it that makes their mentality different than ours over here, especially in England? What, why is it that our top riders move to America? Why is that? You know why? So does Jamie. Mm -hmm. um, I've stayed here just out of pure stubbornness, you know, because I couldn't bear um, at certain aspects of of, um, of America. I think know, a few like, of them would come if they could. And like I said earlier, the, I'll give them credit. They're here now. They're racing today, you know, in yeah. Colorado. So I, I think all the, they don't race enough and all that. I think that's got better. I still think the British guys should be racing all the nationals. It would, Maybe that, yeah. that could yeah. be the piece, you know, contributing to, to Kyle not getting enough maybe track time or just some extra, that, that extra yeah. little pressure things of winning a national would maybe would help him a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. apart from that, they, they are racing a little bit more. And like I say, it seems a bit more of a squad. So yeah, I, I think they are moving a little bit better in the direction instead of the same old things that we've said for 10 years, you know? Yeah. But to get back to your point about that whole going to a place, having a legacy and the rest of it, that's to do with having the right employees, the right people. In yeah, a group, to, push, in a group. To, to push those and, people and, above them like, hey, this is not the this is not the model for BMX yeah, racing. Exactly. And I've always, that's always been my my because I've listened not so much the last year or two. But I, I always thought that was somebody like Grant White's and maybe he did push to a certain extent. But I feel like that's that guy's job to push like, hey, we should have. A base in the U.S. We should do more racing, or you know, um, and that's always been my, you know, not yeah, no, it's I, the riders, it's the program and the guys, like you say, in that place, and then you can see their part, the job, job security. They've got families and stuff. So, and and you obviously we all know the the, the you know British cycling. If you if you go against it so much, you're just out, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely hurt them a lot. I think you know. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, well, it's hamstrung them. And it There's probably no won't change, really, unless they give you a job. <laughs> and I can't see... You know. Well, they're, 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 they're not going to give me a job. Of course the not. Thing but is, you would, is they don't you would want get, anybody that And you would be like me. Truth. Yeah, and you'd be like me. We'd both be fired within a week, you know, for pushing... Yeah, well, pushing. The, well the funny thing is, I, the, the, the interesting thing, when I went out for the meetings, is when you go out for the meetings and you talk to them, there's they're as open as can what well, as they can be and they acknowledge all the things you say and then they go away and, and nothing will change of course yeah there will nothing will change and i just think that's that's the way they operate you know they're not going to change the illusion that british cycling are going to change now because they've got a new ceo and you know, I read Jeff Murray's really happy with the, you know, conversation he had with that, the lady that's there. It's like, to me, it's like, I'm not buying it. The, the, everything in in their terms of, terms of references, they've not changed. The thing to do with choosing people who go to the Olympics, who go to the Worlds, that's not changed. They still, you know, for BMX, fucked off the B finals. They still... The un, you know the fives can't score points now. It's nines. They've never they never changed that. They just it conceded. Well, let's just stick it to nines. Sixteen people can't go to the world. Only however many it was seven or eight or whatever that can go. They're still doing the same stuff. They they just remind me of a government. Is they say one thing and do another, and that's how British cycling operate. Yet all the while, 
and I get this too, they're adding members because people are excited about cycling and, and they probably don't know about all the bullshit that British cycling are involved in other than what they read in the newspapers. And so, you know, that's, that's, up, that, that's, that's up to them. But I'm not fooled, you know, like... I know what it is. I mean, I keep up. I just like say it's hard to keep up with everything. I, I, my my British cycling links come from your Facebook. You know, when you put something, that's when I read it. You know, it's uh, it's uh, you know. I guess guess, I I think the BMX problems. It seems like it's improved and it's it's getting better. I I hope they continue to race more and and, and really race more and race in England, even though they might think it's mellow or easy. It still helps. Yeah. I, I phoned Rick Clarkson the other day and had a long conversation with him about freestyle was one thing and also about if they're going to That's going to be a whole other headache, isn't it? All well, that they, 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 I'm sure they're ter- you know, speaking to Rick about it, he just thinks it's going to work from the top down. That's his, that was Rick's comment about it, top down, which I, I, get, I guess how that's how it will filter because obviously it's an Olympic uh, I can't wait to now, just so watch all that unfold. Them. That's going to be fun just watching all that. Yeah. It will come down, but I, I was interested in saying, look, you know, what's going to happen with the girls? Is there going to be any money for the girls? You know, for the women? I said because look at look, you know, Beth. I don't want to put any pressure on her, but I think Beth potentially, if you look at her and watch her ride, she's already not backing off on some of the stuff that Shanae's got freaked about. You know, mm-hmm. so to me, she's more of a potential she's got more potential than Sinead's had because uh, you know and for whatever reasons Sinead's had difficulties there I don't want to go into them because I'm sure there there's too much stuff I don't know to make a comment about her and you know what she's doing with the coaching now is amazing and you know look how far she still is it's scary how far she still is Sinead but, so she actually still rides about yeah, she's still riding, isn't she? I think. I really don't know. I, she's so yeah, undercover. I think so. Yeah, I, I, she don't say much. I think online. she's still. I think. Well, she's doing coaching days. I know that she's done. She's been doing some. I coaching saw a days. bit of that. I did actually see. That. Oh, good for her. Hopefully, she's still involved. But yeah, hopefully they see the mistakes that might have been made with Sinead's not to do with yeah with, with Beth. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I think I think that's one of the things that you know that did need to be under the spotlight for British cycling because they have treated some people very badly there and what they're doing now at the minute is including the people they treated badly in a in a way that they're making them more inclusive so if you look at Dame Sarah's story and the Paralympians instead of kind of making enemies out of those people that have had Give them a serious <laughs> gripes about British cycling, they're including them as well, part it's of to, their... to shut them up as well, you know, obviously. No, I, no, Dale, it's totally that. I mean, yeah. I'm glad you said it. I you mean, know, I, I saw that with Sinead straight on. Like, well, maybe Sinead's will, when she, I thought it was funny, she retired a year after I thought she'd already retired anyway. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe she's actually going to say something now, you know. And I, no. I, I've talked to Sinead, you know, when she was here for a year, we had some great conversations and she. You know, she told me a lot of stuff I didn't know about. And I'm like, okay, great. Some of this stuff she'll, she'll speak about now. But then next thing you know, she's an ambassador or something. But yeah, Exactly. Like, they're not, they're, 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 no one wants to get off the gravy train once they're on it, if they uh, can stay on it. Of course. You know? Let's move, let's move, Tim, we could, I'm sure we can do another one down the road on, on British cycling when the next, you know, drama unfolds. But yeah. let's move on a little bit because we've got like, still more, and I know you've got limited time, um, Let's uh, let's move on to some other stuff. Um, Go on. What I wanted to ask you: What's going on with Andy Ruffle? You know, I see he's, he's been poking, and and you're you're a poker as well, um, as we all are or were um, on Facebook on social media. Um, definitely, Ruffle's been poking at you. So, 
Uh, for those I, that uh, I, 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 I never know with Andy because Andy's a very different character to me. I think he's just probably got a book or a film coming out or something. That he just <laughs> wants to let everybody know that he's still here and still relevant and and he's got an opinion. You know that that's what Andy's like. I think. Right. I don't know. I, I, if I knew, I, I would say and and. You know, he's a big character. You can't... He is. Anybody that's met him knows he's a big character. And so, with our history that we have, our relationship is quite interesting because I don't have any animosity towards him at all. No hatred, no nothing. Um, Are we close? No, we're not. But we can be honest with each other. And... um, that's all, that's all I can say about that, really. But Are you guys have had any little me- private messages or anything when he's when he's kind of poked yeah, at you? Yeah, and... we do. yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, well, may, well, several several reasons of why we do. I mean, um, one of them, I don't. The private messages have just been about, I think, probably what was occurring with other people at the time, and in. Andy doesn't follow follow BMX still, like maybe in the way that I do, mm-hmm. you know. And so I might send him some stuff to watch or whatever it is, and interviews with people that I think he'd find interesting because he makes videos. So mine is more of a showing him what's going on type of connection. Whereas, you know, Andy's he's a busy lad. He does big things. I'm not like that. I'm not interested in the world, the world in which Andy operates. And I, I, I absolutely. I, it's not my cup of tea, you know, in, in any way. I wouldn't even want to enter into it in any way. So, you know, in that respect, we don't have anything in common about that or anything to talk about. But what I try and do is show him some interesting things that are being done in skateboarding media or BMX media or mountain bike media, and, and that's about it, really. Mm-hmm. Not not much else, you know. Um, and I think he probably does like the fact that we've had a history, and it, it, and some people are really still strangely interested in it. Which <laughs> I always like guest comments about that. Which a uh, guest guest got the right attitude, you know. But I think that triangle of me, Andy, and Geth is an in, is an interesting one because we're three very different characters. Because you're not know guest like, you know, Geth is almost Geth likes to be laid off or the you know at the you know out there he's unfortunately for him he, you know been the destroyer i mean i said this to him when i was at the worlds in 96 you know this don't you because i i'd taken some acid at the world in <laughs> in a in uh in 96 and i was really really tripping so hard and i during the race around, during the race day hey? During the, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember you had your Rupert before, Bear. This is the remember, night before. I remember you had your the Rupert, night before, and I turned up in the in, Rupert in the Bear pants. It, yeah, you remember? Yeah. And um, and Geth was in there, and I went up to him, and I hadn't seen him for a long time, and um, I gave him the biggest hug, and I said, "I'm glad it was you that that you know that that took it on, you know, because I didn't want it any longer. I didn't like being that guy." That, that people looked at all the time to just keep winning and keep winning. I'm not that kind of person. Um, and so get, that get taking that on, especially when he was such a well-rounded rider, he's amazing at pedaling, he was incredibly skillful. And um, 
all the rest of it was well and bearing in mind i'm tripping it was literally like one of the it was a religious experience for me giving him a hug you know and he knows it too when he listens to this he'll be laughing his head off because he'll remember <laughs> it and um you know it's amazing because i i could i was happy that i can remember when he overtook me at uh whitehaven uh, i can remember when it happened and i started laughing when he overtook me uh, because i knew someone it was finally someone i was going to have a real battle with and then you know, it was him for a bit, but unfortunately I got injured with my shoulders and then I couldn't even fight my way out of a paper bag after that, really. But, um, you know, that's... And, and then Andy, that dichotomy is a different one. You know, I can... i tell you a funny story about Andy, you know. Like, these are the things that go through your mind, aren't they, when you're young? But he was on that programme where all the sportsmen are on, wasn't he, doing Superstars. star jump. Superstars. Yeah, superstars. I was so fucking jealous of him being on there. <laughs> I cannot tell you how jealous I was of that. I was like, why is he on there? Why am I not on there? Right. I'm faster than he is. I go higher than he does. And all the stuff you do when you're just like, look, why isn't my version of BMX the best version? that Everybody knows you're young, you know, right. and, you know, he had an agent and he was organized and he was a package and the rest of it. And I was just really, I guess the kind of, counterpoint to that and get another one so we we all created you know between the three of us i think showed a really really good a good part of bmx of what andy's enthusiasm and his commercialization of what he was doing was you know was what he wanted to do i wanted to be the antithesis to that you know, I wanted to get paid more money for just being a racer and not having to whore myself out on TV with a microphone in my hand. You know, I didn't want to do that at all. I just wanted to get on with destroying egos and whatever you want to do when you're trying to, when you haven't got a voice in life verbally so much or you don't know what you want to say and you want to speak on the track. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to speak on the track. And Geth came along, and Geth is is the head chopper offer, isn't it? He's just like, oh, yeah, you think you're that good? Watch me. I'm chopping your head off. <laughs> Stu Thompson, I'm going to chop your head off. Americans, I'm chopping your head off. Like, I love Geth for that, because that's, that, to me, that's a that comes from the same spirit of where I come from. It's like, you know, you fuck off. You know, you think you're that, fuck off. Right. You know, I'm going to fucking have you and, and you've done Re it, Revel was like that as well yeah he was yeah, always like F that dude I'm going to fucking meet him exactly <laughs> exactly and, and that's what that's kind of where we come from that kind of thing and it's not always the people that are like that that have this longevity like mm -hmm. maybe yourself or Jamie we're, we're not those kind of guys Mm -hmm. uh, you know for whatever reason that is and that's fine too you know because when I look at what you and Jamie have done like I couldn't have been, uh, I wouldn't have been a pro world champion, I don't think. And I certainly, like Jamie, wouldn't have been a, gone to America and been a, uh, a national champion in America as a pro because the traveling would have destroyed my will to live. I wouldn't have wanted to do it, Dale. It would have just absolutely, I, as soon as I went to live with Greg for a bit and I watched how much he traveled, I was like, I'm never going to be a pro in America, right. ever. I can't be bothered. I with mean, this. that's a tough part. The racing's actually easier. If you well, can, the fact that you two have done it, like hats off to you, because like that's why I love you guys. 
this is why I've got such a lot of respect, even though it might not appear it at times. And maybe why I'm so critical is because at the time when I was I was riding, I needed to be critical. So I wanted to beat the Americans, right. but I wouldn't race in them every week. Mm-hmm. It was just like when they came here, they were like the invaders. It would have been like the it would be like the Norsemen coming to England. I'd be just like, well, you know, you ain't going to win. I'm I'm having you. Well, that leads you know, to, that, we that's a good lead into then because we've got loads of Facebook questions. So let's let's blitz through a bunch of these. Um, Go on, then. and I Quick, guess then. I let's guess see. we'll start with because you're just talking about it. Let me find it here. I've uh, copied them out on uh, printed them out. So there's one here from Stu Thompson, Mister Stu Thompson, Mister BMX himself. Well, Stu's got a stomping Stu. So this is what he said. He says, "What did he first think when the U.S. guys came over to the U.K. race, and uh, and then obviously." When you went over to the U.S., uh, did you get any life lessons? Did you get any take back that you could take back to help British BMX? So, um, yeah, I guess there's a couple parts to that question. Um, first thing was, I think the first time I can remember the Americans coming over that I was aware of was when I was at Mongoose, and it was I had a conversation the other day. It was Jamie Burrows, Kerensky Bullard, Roland Veit. Uh, I guess it was Greg Esser as well, maybe. Greg Esser, yeah. I think that was the. I think that was the first time the Americans come over. Shelby James and Gary Ellis, but they was uh, I, obviously amateur, I think, right? Yeah, I, and I never went to that race, and that was at Redditch. That was the first one. And I oh, never went, you was the second Redditch then? I didn't even know. Yeah, I went yeah. to the. I went to the second Redditch, and so I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to that one. I wasn't ready in any way to. To, to go and I was racing a motocross race that weekend so that was 81 then right yeah and I wasn't ready to kind of go full bore into BMX at that point I was not that I wasn't I hadn't made that decision yet but this is to with Stu Stu went to London for that indoor race was it Earl's Court yeah and um, I didn't I know was, I, don't, I don't mind I don't mind admitting this because I was not in I don't know whether you can be in awe of someone, but when you meet, he's got a hell of a presence, Stu. And back then he had a hell of a presence. And one part of his presence was he didn't speak a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was quite mysterious. You know, he was very polite, but didn't say a lot. And when he went around the track at um, Earl's court, there was like a dirt speed jump there. And I can, his bike had a rare seven B's on, I think red line flights kkty pedals and he just ro- in practice he rolled over this dirt jump and he did this flick out with his back wheel and it destroyed like half the jump it just put a fucking great groove in it and i was like oh my god that's just like the best thing i've ever seen it was just a fantastic moment of Stu thompson-ness you know and um i think i raced a moose goose there stupidly you know that big tall mongoose yeah yeah, yeah. and i think i can I, I if i remember i came second to him and i hadn't ridden much that year but when they came over like you, you would want to beat them you'd want to know how to beat them but and mainly because everybody was obsessed with them or you'd be and harry so, leary right obviously I know yeah so, yeah know. yeah yeah uh, at redditch so and you're the first I I probably, british guy in history yeah, for those that don't know to, to be yeah the top and, and greg Esser. well that was i think that was probably the first time i'd raced um people like Addy van der ven mm-hmm. and the and the euros as well that was like a a big race for me that because 
I don't think I'd raced an international race before that. I'd been to the world in 82 in uh, Vegas and I hadn't done very well there. I just was on a GT with skyways and not getting great starts road. Like I had a board up the, up my back. So I was pretty stiff riding, but when Stu came over, it was, he was, a. I think he personally, I think he's, he's, his, apart from being an amazing rider, and I can relate to him because of how tall he is, he's a fantastic ambassador. I think you could you could not choose a better ambassador to promote BMX. Really, I don't think than Stu. I think he's an amazing, amazing fella for that. So I was a bit in awe of him. I never really kind of got my head around. I never really. It was never really about beating one person. I just wanted to beat the Americans because I was so sick of all the girls hanging around them <laughs> and all the boys. You're just like, why are you hanging around them? You know, because I'd come out of punk rock and motocross where we weren't fanboys, if you know what I mean, of, of the Americans. We just weren't. And um, I found it quite offensive that people just would, yeah, I didn't like it. So I wanted to be the the destroyer of 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 the of the American dream of coming to England and and then winning. I wanted to be the guy that stopped them from winning. And then when you came to the US, did you you spent time in the US and then you came back to when, England? Did you bring anything back or did you like say to the UK BMX or MBMX say, "Hey guys, I saw this, this and this and this would help here or Oh no, no really. I, I was telling no, no, no. My first trip to America was when Greg invited me to live over there at the end of 83, I think, and uh, he taught me how to ride properly. I rode too stiff. He used to take the mickey out of me. We'd go to Centennial Park and ride, and he would take the mickey out of me in front of everybody. Stu would be there laughing his head off. I remember you saying this, yeah. Yeah, they, they would just take the mickey out of me. And that was fine. I liked it. You know, I didn't mind it because I was riding stiff, but I came back fast. But, you know, you couldn't you couldn't have any you couldn't advise anybody on anything in this country at that time dale because they weren't it's the same as british cycling this is what's not changed in this country is that is that you can't you can't help them you can't say look why don't you do this or you know i used to say to people you know i'd send my phone number after people that make tracks i'd say look i'm available to help with track design or whatever it is free not charging any money same as when we did all the coaching days with Lee Cooper, didn't charge any money. We didn't do any of that, you know, but no one listened. And it's like a lot of the people now don't listen because they don't want to. They're in their own little bubble. And it was the same then in the UK. And it maybe is the same in the US, but, you know, I wrote some terrible tracks over there that were bloody awful, you know, that I found quite boring. So I don't know what you what, what you make of that, you know. it's mm -hmm. I th The trouble is with me, Dale, if I hadn't have come from motocross, which has got a history and a legacy that goes back to 1940s, 50s and Speedway, so I was brought up in a proper sport. So to go into BMX, it was literally like, it was like going back in time. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I loved about BMX was riding the bike. I love riding my bike. Well, that's a good one for the, the, for the next question, because Nigel Page asked this one, uh, Cruiser Nigel Page, our great friend. Yeah. He says, yeah. uh, if, you, if you could go back in time, Tim, uh, and you could be at the same level, would, you, uh, would it be motocross, uh, BMX, or if downhill, you know, I know you're a fan of that as well, downhill mountain biking, would you have gone that route if that was around during your time? 
Oh my my my! To do motocross, you need the support of your family, which I that was withdrawn when I was at a certain age, and that was ended. So I was, it was made clear that that wasn't possible for me to go it, and so I would have had to do that on my own. Which at the time, with the wages I was on, I was like on an apprenticeship engineering. You know, a, a tire and a chain was would cost me my week's wages. Mm-hmm. But also, I didn't have enough people around me at the time to probably help me make a good decision about it. And so the reason I went to do BMX was because I had a wage and I was good at it. And I and I, I was quite happy to, to go and do it. And I loved it. I, I liked the fact you could ride a BMX bike at a skate park, no maintenance, have fun. It's very, very simple. But so if you had a budget then, you, you had unlimited yeah, oh, budget motocross. on either one? Uh, uh, so yeah, motocross. motocross. Or, yeah, or, yeah, I mean, now for me, if I was in modern-day Tim, if I was... If I had a choice, I would choose motocross, absolutely one hundred percent. But I'm I have got a massive, massive crush on downhill uh, mountain biking and and BMX race, racing. You know, I hate clips. I I, I wouldn't race <laughs> BMX race bikes now because of clips. That would be that would be the I'm not interested in it at all because of it. But downhill racing like Sam Hill flats, great motocross would be would be it and i'd ride bmx bike at the trails or whatever bike i wanted to so i think i'd probably be one of these people that just rode lots of stuff like a lot of the motocross riders do mm-hmm. i know that cole seeley who lives he lives near you doesn't he cole seeley he's a good bmx rider and he mcgrath was a great bmx rider well seeley i don't think he's now but he was training with brian lopes for a while okay so you know th- those kind of guys yeah m- m- motocross for me yeah his brother down. actually is our guy at answer uh, his brother, uh, he works at Answer and does all our, all right. our stuff for us, which is cool. Uh, okay, yeah. look, let, let's blast because there's so many, Tim, so we're going to have to have quick answers. And, yeah, uh, be quick. I'll, I'll be quick then. Yeah. So Dave Thomas, I think he raced with you, this guy on Skyway, right? A little bit before my I got time. him on Skyway. Got Dave on Skyway, yeah. Is he from down your way? Yeah, well, he, Oxford. I used to race. Dave used to race at the same motocross club I used to race at when I rode at the Vale of the White Horse. Okay. And, um he was doing BMX. So I got Dave on Skyway, and Dave was fast. Dave's a great rider. Yeah, he's he's an some... even better power lifter. Dave's a great power lifter. Oh, he's a gym guy, is he? Yeah. Well, I see, I see him on... Uh, I saw him in some of the early uh, magazines and stuff. I think there's one on... Yeah, yeah there's one that's popped Yeah, Dave was fast. Cool, cool, cool. So well, his question was what... Uh, again, this is a huge... You know, could go into detail, but give us a quick answer. Um, okay. What would you have changed in uh, BMX back in the day in the UK? And uh, well, you already said what you prefer, BMX or MX. You've already told us that. So what would you change back in the day? If you could, just one thing about BMX, early 80s, England. you got a magic wand. You can change one thing. What would it be? <laughs> Blimey. Yes. <laughs> oh, flipping it. One thing I would have changed. Um, oh, hang on. More prize money. That, that, that's, yeah, that's selfish stuff, isn't it? Um, <laughs> £100 superclass win. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't answer. The gates actually would drop every time. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that's probably that was that was for me. I was always worried at some races. A standard sized gate, a standard sized gate, uh, uh, you know, would be a a a big a big help, wouldn't it? I just think truly, I I would literally go to races like or be on the gate for certain tracks. You're like, I know this gate's not going to go down during this weekend. You know, that was a big problem back in the eighties and nineties. Could you, do you did you didn't you never raced it when they, they had a race in the car park at the bike show up at Harrogate and they had a no game but I saw the pictures great pictures from that tr- I, I drove yes. home from that that's what where I got off mongoose there I let, Malcolm Jarvis said if you don't race here yeah. you're off mongoose and you were disgusted. I said watch me leave the car park because I'm going <laughs> and I drove home I left 
I was like, yeah, Mount, watch me. I'm not riding around there. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, that's open-ended. Yeah, there's so many different things. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go to the next one then. Scott Town. Um, I yeah. think I've pronounced his last name. I know who he is. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Scott's and been around. I listened, to his, I listened to a podcast with him on Rail the Berm. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I knew it was from the BMX Plus days or the, or the issues and stuff. So anyway, he says, The Albion Magazine, which of course was uh, your baby, uh, the rise and fall of magazines and his thought on current BMX media. Blimey. I think I think a lot of that's tied into what people want to pay and whether they want to pay for anything. And I think, I think most kids are brought up now, whether they're consuming music, uh, films, uh any kind of media they don't want to pay for it and if they if they if anybody's paying for it it's it's either their parents and if their parents aren't paying for it then you know kids are turning off uh they're putting ad blocker on their phones because the ads take up data on their phones kids aren't spending money on media so what you make of that is what you make of it. And so I think if you're going to make any media and you want to get someone to buy it, you need to know who it is. Let's at least talk racing. Your... Is, there, is there a gap in media? Is there something missing? Is there... Well, for racing? Yeah. I, I think racing doesn't... This is my one of my big bugbears with, with media. I think there's no reason why BMX racing can't be included in with all the other BMX stuff. But what and this is a modern malady that I believe needs attending to, is everything is divided. Flatland, um, racing, park, street, and the rest of it. Like, And I know they're all very, very different things, but if you write and make good media, you'll get people to go to wherever it is you're making good media. And I think there's a big fear with a lot of them probably have where uh, all the people I speak to that deal with park and street and, and some of those other things, they just see races like jocks. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got to change they, our image is, is really, yeah. Is, is not well, I, I, I don't know about changing the image, but I think because of clips is I can understand why they want clips because it attracts someone that might swap from BMX to track to mtb or whatever it is whereas before when i did bmx i did it because it was it was a rebel act it was like fuck off i don't want to play football i don't want to play rugby i don't want to do any school sports i want to ride dirt bikes Uh, whereas now for some people it's just it's a career choice you've got people going well they want their sons to be oh well that you know skateboarding's an olympic sport that's a good career for you son uh, BMX racing's in the Olympics. That could be a good career f- for you, uh, you know, m- for their daughter. Or look at um, Mariana Pajon, how many followers she's got, Caroline Buchanan. You know, they're it, really popular people. But the, the the image, you can't change the image of BMX racers because it's the racers that are the image. And whilst they ride around on 32-inch high seat posts clip into their clip into their pedals and do you know they do lots of things that are cookie yeah they, they do and they think they're normal because that's that's how they are but to to an outsider if you're vans or or a brand looking into that you think where's the demographic then look we, at the viewing we, figures for the worlds or the euros they're not high so there's why is the reason if you look at the vans vans Bowl comps going on this weekend, isn't it? In where you are, yeah, and at HP, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, look at the viewing figures for that, mm-hmm. and what and how how global that'll be, and then look at BMX racing. And and I don't need to be singled out as being the bad guy that says anything about BMX racing because the viewers viewing figures will show it. Mm-hmm. Is that what BMX has has become is specialised. It's like pony and trap racing. You know, like when you watch one guy in a little trap race around a track on a. It's the same thing. It's not. It's it's not interesting to a big big group of people for a reason. Is because there's lots of cookie elements to it, and I still think that the, because of the everybody involved in it at the high level is not used to being honest and open and and being really truthful about when media interview them and telling great stories, which in much bigger sports they are. You, you look at, watch match of the day and see how critical they are of the footballers and the football teams, of the footballers that are on there. You cannot do that in BMX racing. Yeah, no, because you, will be, you can't yes, do it because yeah. you'll just get hated on. Their mums will send you personal messages saying, how dare you speak about my dear to dear like that. You yes, know, true. Because it's still at that level. It's not moved anywhere. It's actually got smaller. Uh, it might be in the Olympics because that's you know because the the Olympics would be wanting modern sports to be involved in it. BMX being one of them, skateboarding another one because they want demographics. But it's not. It's not because they love BMX. It's because the Olympics is a business, and the Olympics is about generating viewers. And they know that if they put skateboarding in and BMX park which is what was meant to have been in rather than BMX racing to start with, which is, that's another discussion, but <laughs> that, you know, that that's the truth of it. And so I, I can't, I can't see it changing because the people in it are the same. There's nobody new. There's nobody going to change it because it's the same people stuck in it. And you and I can, from, from the past, same as Greg Hill, the Stu Thompson's and the rest of it, no one's listened to, you know, and they don't invite anybody to talk to them about anything. They just carry on the, the associations thinking that they're doing the best things at the time for youth. Yet they, they're not speaking to the people who actually did those sports to start with. And I think there's a big disconnect there. And it's because they don't, there's its focus on keeping everything positive. There's no negativity. You only got to look at it on people's posts. No negativity. Keep it positive, you know, and you're like, how's there going to be progress, you know, if you don't, if you're not able to look at yourself or see how other people from outside see you? Fair point. You know, and I, I even see that when you, you know, you're, um, what's the word, um, poking or revving people up on Facebook. And when people have a bash back at you, I, I do see I. Yeah, you, you don't get yeah, offended and you don't start threatening them. No, I, I don't want to get offended because no, no. I, I know why they do it. I mean, I, the funny thing was uh, uh, Kyle Evans' dad had a right go at me. And and I I didn't have a go back at him because I, I knew it's like, we well, don't know me, he's never chatted yeah, to me. Yeah, that's fair play uh, for you. You don't get revved up when people yeah, fight I'm not back. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to bite. But right. so, give you an example of how things have changed. In, in Supercross, they got a company to go in to look at it, to, to make it more appealing to the public and Roxon was part of this process because he hated just sticking the red bull can up going on about the tires and he wanted to make it more professional yeah he wanted to reach out to more people not because he wants to be earned one million pound a year more right. but because he loves his sport is passionate about it yeah. and wants to promote it and i think there are too many people in in BMX in the racing side of it that are in, only interested in the controlling it for their own benefit. 
They don't. They're no, not. No, fair play. I, I think you've raised some value points, and I still think there's a lot of people in the background that are looking in that could could bring something if if they was brought in, yeah. or, or there was you know a, a, another prime example was you know the big debate last week was the media of the world. You know, I guess it was on live, but at the time it wasn't going to be, or it, I guess it was as well, but we just not all really didn't know, but. Everybody was, you know, and I started a post on where can we watch it? This is stupid. It's the world. We can't watch yeah. it live. And you got to go to all these weird sites and download stuff to, download to get the it. VPN it actually, UCI went and put it on their, on their website and it, and it worked yeah. out okay. But at the same time, I was reading the comments and got a lot of comments. And I was reading some of the people that, and, and you know, uh, people that like uh, Don Hoffman, who was, um, who was, uh, worked at GT. He did all the TV stuff on the yeah, TV yeah. shows and pump and all that. The, the GT King of Dirt stuff, it was, you know, all part of, with, with Eddie Roman, I think uh, they did a lot of stuff, you know, during the GT, uh, my, at least my time. And people like, and Don's like, I'm here, man, I'm ready to go, let's get back in the game, you know what I mean? There's some people... They, and, don't, they, don't, they don't reach out to anybody, no. Like, no, and you, you, re- you should look him up, he's doing a documentary right now on, on okay. the skateboarding, uh, and he's putting flyers out there, so look him up on Facebook. But anyway, yeah, there's well. people like him, and you know, you got the... People like Big E and the old GT guys. Yeah, that's just yeah, for yeah. my little, yeah, yeah. my little, my little, you know, uh, people on my feed. But you know, there's yeah, some great yeah. people, Todd Hoffman, all, all these people that I'm sure they could. Again, it's not probably, you know, financially worth these guys. They wanted to get back involved, but there's still a lot I of people a, with a lot of knowledge in the background that could bring something to the table. I you think know? there's a. You could have some focus groups. You, mm. There's no reason why there couldn't be focus groups and and people giving. Their, their knowledge. Mm-hmm. The people don't have to listen to it, but the, the, I, know, I know from the meetings I've had with British Cycling that when we went there and we had a group of people sat round, guess what? There was a lot of mm-hmm. us all had the same thing in common. What there isn't is a process to make that happen. Right. And I so mean, even, everybody... Even Andy, I mean, I have conversations with him when I, when I see him once a year um, at the Hall of Fame. We talk and, he, and, he, and he, I says, man, why don't you get involved with your contacts and this and he said, yeah. Look, I got a lot going on right now. He's working on something in Asia, and he said he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, in China, China. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, when yeah, somebody so. can actually pull him, pull him aside, and and he's like, yeah. When I've had conversations with him, there was always a few drinks when I, you know, when we talk and that. Uh, but man, he's got, he's got some great ideas, and you see what he's done and doing now yeah. with marketing. Well, maybe and, and, maybe and, that's and, the conversation I need to have with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys actually might connect one day and do something yeah. good. You know? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. What, and what I think he will. I think he will. Anyway, I think he like, wants. Yeah. I think deep down, I think he does want to to contribute and, and give back and, and bring something. I yeah. think he could. But anyway, well, yes, again, there was 108 comments, so we're not going to get through all those ten no. or an hour in. What, but what we got? What we got? All right. So uh, rally in England, uh, rally burner, uh, rally bought out. Oh, their, don't, uh, don't even talk to me about that. They, well, they the, bought out an anniversary a, rally burner. Um, they didn't even send Craig Schofield one. Don't, they're just idiots. So how many they made? They made two fifty, three fifty without reading. Yeah, it. yeah. Didn't didn't even bother reaching out to find out. Whether anyway, they the all got sold straight them. away. I guess people bought them, put them on eBay straight away, and, yeah. and there's a big collector's thing. But anyway, you totally bashed it on 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 Facebook. So uh, yeah. Richard Baxendale asked, he says, "Has your anniversary uh, limited edition <laughs> rally burner arrived yet?" So obviously, it's not yeah. not arrived. Um, uh, rally will spend all that time doing that story and regurgitating that crap. <laughs> but they won't do a story on the, one of the greatest assets they had, which was Gerald O'Donovan. Was he one of the Ger- uh, Gerald O'Donovan made all the handmade frames. He made the frames for Toby Henderson and Jeff Botima. So this I is Rally Craig- USA then, right? No, Rally UK. 
I saw one documentary. Yeah. I think it was Jason Bonas put something up a while ago. Maybe that yeah, was the same thing. Just, it's easy. It's easy for these BMX guys that are working for these old companies that used to have a job, isn't it? It's like what's his name, John, over in uh, Haro. Is is they they they're fans. They can just dip into the past, reissue a load of bikes, and everybody's happy and everybody's nostalgic. It, it, you know, I, I get it. Bonas being the same at Rally. You know, I think I think um, Haro have done a a much better job uh, at doing that, but. It's still the same stuff, isn't it? You've still got bikes online. I mean, think about this. A limited edition bike made in Taiwan. Think about that. If you wanted to really make the most stupid statement in the whole world ever to do with bike collecting, you would make a limited edition bike in Taiwan. I mean, it's insane. And that sums up rally for me at the minute. Okay, let's move on uh, briefly, uh, quickly, um, as I'm friends with Jason. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I like Jason. Jason, though, I, I'm, I'm... It's funny, Rally's right near my parents' house, you know, so we used yeah, to... Yeah. I always was but, a bit well, of... If Jason's listening, do a bloody story on Gerard O'Donovan rather than wasting your time on that crappy bike <laughs> that you brought out. All right, so I'm just going through here. So, uh, all right, so we'll do one from your good friend, Neil Stewart. Ask Tim why he said he's... Uh, Obviously, you and Neil Stewart have lots of, uh, you go head-to-head a lot on Facebook. And he says, if you're so passionate about BMX, uh, why don't you show up to any races? And can you be passionate well, well, without, well, without my, showing up? Why does my passion of, uh, about BMX have anything to do with why he wants me to turn up at a BMX race? It's nothing to do with him, is it, my passion? My passion for BMX is owned wholly by me. And it certainly isn't something i need to go to a race to show somebody how passionate i am about bmx so you know but that i can understand why neil stewart would ask a question like that because that's the only thing he can ever say i think you too i think you like with ruffle you got you and neil could be good friends i think one day <laughs> you guys can do commentary Maybe, together. I think that that probably within about three thousand mm-hmm. lifetimes time when I come back as a worm. <laughs> I love listening to you guys argue online. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, but Martin have it in the f- same square meter of turf somewhere. <laughs> so Martin Baxter did say to your defence, he says you did show up for Bournemouth Regional. So. I, I've been to it. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it, Dale. I'm not with that person. No. All right, there's one here. Not then. giving. A- Let's move on. Um, one here, I can't pronounce his last name. Anthony Frasica. Frasina. Okay. Anyway, so he says yeah. he's been listening to a couple of your earlier podcasts that me and you did last year, and he says they're fantastic, by the way. Uh, he says, I was talking to Tony Law in Wigan. He's one of the early guys as Oh, well. yeah, yeah, I remember and this. And he talked yeah, of, yeah. Uh, how you always had, and still do have, an attitude and behavior, and uh, maybe it shut some doors for you. Uh, says, do you have any uh, regrets about being, maybe being a bit stubborn, uh, your strong personality, um, or, you know, has it kind of harmed you, I guess? I, 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 of course it's harmed me. Right. I think... I think, I think maybe that's what, what cost you the rally deal, would you say? Do you think rally maybe overlooked you just because of your uh, outspokenness? And yeah, I, no, I, th- I was overlooked, but I know I definitely, definitely, the same with um, Halfords as well. I, I know that. David uh, Duffield told me. Um, and so... But but I'm not not in my defence. I think I think as I've got older, and I've come to understand why I was outspoken at the time, and I I can be like it now, is that I think I don't think I'd learned how to particularly see things from the other person's point of view as well as I can do now, which is why I don't 
reactors in the same way now that I probably would have done in the past. Uh, what I mean by that is, is a lot of the times, all of us, I'm not just talking about me, we, we react to things, things that people say to us, things that people do to us, and we react because they make us feel emotional in a particular way. And instead of understanding that, that what it is that's created that emotion in us, we just react, and I think I reacted in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, secretly, you, 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 well, not secretly is not the right word. Um, it's very difficult when you're in your 20s and people put, you know, and I, I, I struggle with it, when they start putting microphones in front of your face and asking you for an opinion about something when you've never been asked anything in your life before. Like, no one's ever shown any interest, no one had shown any interest in me in my whole life about what I thought about anything up until I did BMX. So no one had asked me what music I'd like, particularly if it was, you know, or what, or what I thought about this or what I thought about that. And so that when you start to say things when you're young, you say a lot of things what you that you don't like, you know, that you're against and that you probably rail against and rebel against but as i've got older and i realize now that part of me i'm a lot better at, at dealing with the ways that uh or the things that are said to me um that don't trigger a, a response that's that is where i want to chop someone's head off with what i'm going to say well, as a down, reply you're down, you're down to debate it yeah, I, I really want to debate it, and I don't want to do that in an aggressive way either. I don't want to do it in a violent way in terms of <laughs> calling names. I don't. I, you know, I've changed a lot in that respect. In you know, I don't want to. I, I won't label someone like an idiot or whatever it is. And if I do, it's just me being lazy. Or in politics, whereas talks, before, maybe before politics, back then, yeah, I would, if someone asked me what, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, and I think because of that, it's it's really helped me. Uh, communicate in a very, very different way than I would have been able to in the past. So I don't have any regrets because I, I, that was my behavior back then. But now, you know, this is why it was interesting when I went to British Cycling because everybody had this perception that I was just going to be whatever whatever perceptions they had of me, which were of this, that, and the other. And, you know, Pete Phillips was there, and we had a really, really good conversation, all of us. I wasn't particularly flexible on some things, but I was, but I didn't, get upset when people were putting their point of view forward i assimilated it and then made sure i understood what it was they were saying and then kind of fed back from that but my experience now that i'm like this is that i still can't help from uh upsetting people if i say something that um is misconstrued in a way and a lot of the times things unfortunately on social media which we've all experienced get can get misconstrued so, do I have any regrets? No. Did it? Is it? Did it stop me? Of course, it did. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a lot of people that wouldn't have touched me, and I know they were. That's why I started MRD. I started MRD because no one had sponsored me. Mm -hmm. That was the. That's the fact. No one had sponsored me, and luckily, I made a phone call to Lee Cooper after winning that race, and and said, you know, do you want to sponsor me? And they said, yeah, great. You know, but we've heard you're a load of trouble. You know, and you're outspoken and the rest of it. And I just said to them, I said, well, I found the Lord and I'm a born again Christian. So, yeah. And they were just like, oh, fantastic. Jesus great. is helping you know, me. Jesus, Jesus is, is a co-sponsor as well. In this yeah. Program. So the way we go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, to answer that question, 
you know, it's a good, it's a valid point. Of course, of course, uh, having an opinion can inhibit things, but I don't feel like uh, I'm the same person now that I was then. All right. So another good question here from Terry Smith down in Florida. Uh, Terry says, "Why do you, this is a good question? Why do you think there's so many old school US pros that still ride BMX, but UK not? Why don't you well, mainly if, if any of them have got any sense, it'll be because Neil Stewart's at the races and they don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what puts me off going to the nationals. He's there. So um, Neil, you need to retire, and all the all the UK grumpy pros will show up. No, I, I, gen- I genuinely think." Lot. I think it's getting better in this country. I think there's genuinely um, a different attitude to history in America. They, they they like to write their history, you know, and they're great at promoting it. And I think in England, you know, the reason it doesn't it doesn't have that same draw is because we're not we're not brought up like that. There's it's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, there are few kiddies that ride now that that used to race look at reedy and uh alan hill mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and those guys but there's not a lot of them you know there's no real documented I history it's a shame there's I not really a, a proper good history uh documentation you know when we did the interview with alan woods and i'm definitely still want to do a podcast with alan um but yeah it's a shame it's not on the same level as here in the u.s obviously with the aba usa bmx guys that totally have everything documented from from day one. Yeah, well, I think it needs doing. I think we need to do a history. I think it needs yeah, to. No, I, I mean, agree, this might yeah. be a, this, the, the, it does need doing, and we need to take responsibility and own it. You know, and 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 actually make it happen. I think a group of us need to do it and go. Right, yeah, okay, no, I agree. Cool. I I agree, and for, there is a little bit on there, so you can check out ukbmxhistory.com. Yeah. There's some stuff on there. Yeah, once I've got these photos done, Dale, I've got a load of photos here that are, that, I, that I've got from Tim Layton Boy. So I'm going to do. a uh, probably two or three books with, but what I'm going to do because uh, that, that won't use all of them. The other photos I'm going to make available um, for whatever else, and there's loads of them of loads of riders. So I think once I kind of start to wade my way through that, yeah. I think what that what that will do is start to it will start the thread from day one and put a story to the pictures. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which needs doing. Yeah, no, I agree. We've got a question here then from we've got loads of question here from Mr. Pants. Mr. Pants, you're only allowed one question. And, yeah, uh, give him one question. Yeah, yeah ne- next time you bombard my Facebook with questions, I'm going to block you, Pants. I know you're listening. All right, but this is one of his better uh, better questions. Um, Let's. Uh, I don't think it's worth asking about clips, but uh, why is nobody pulling no. X up these days? Um, I guess that all kind of ties into the whole image and what we talked about. And uh, but it, but it is a good question. Yeah, I guess there is a few guys that get rad. But uh, have you been following the Victor Berm guy? Uh, yeah, I like the fact that he got a load of crap the other day, didn't he? From a um, couple of those riders that. Uh, the guy that was in junior men, the American. Well, guy. I think I think the junior guy from New Zealand got the. I think he got victored. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and I just think it's yeah, a fun I, It's watch. not like there needs to be. It's not that there needs to be loads of victors. What what, <laughs> what is worrying is why that some why why and this is would be my question. Why it why victor is such an isolated case. That, that to me speaks volumes because he obviously loves racing, loves riding his bike. But if you actually look at what he's doing, he's isolated. And this is the great thing that Robbie is, Robbie and Neil, and you, you, you know this because you've lived, lived with, and hung out with those guys. Mm-hmm. What Colt are good at doing and what they know is, is they know where the spirit of BMX lies. Mm-hmm. 
that's why they've got Chase Hawk on that team. Chase DeHart, they've got some other riders. They've got Vic there. There's a spirit in Vic that that is not there in a lot of other uh, other riders because what he represents is a nod to the past in the present. Mm-hmm. If you go to a race now and, you know, the guys, the Peckham guys, are, are you know, they dress in a particular way it, 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 to do with the music they listen to, to the, the social upbringing they've had and, and the rest of it. But that kind of punky Vic thing is is in the minority. And I just think it's a breath of fresh air when you see someone like that, because to me, what that then does is that there'd be a kid out there that will just look at him and just think, oh, my God, you know, great. There's he's someone a, doing you know, he's a thing. great follow. I, I thoroughly enjoy watching his Instagram stories. And yeah. And what he, you just don't know what he's going to say. I mean, it's, let's say he's like Neil times 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Great that someone's out there because he'll get new people into BMX racing that probably might not have thought about it or will go somewhere else. So, no, I love him. Fantastic. And I, I've messaged a few of the guys in England I know that probably don't follow it. You know, they're still into racing, but I know they're not big on Instagram and stuff. I says, guys, if you've got to set up an account just to follow Vic, you need to. Like I was telling Martin Murray, uh, Stephen's brother. Um, I was like, anyway, it is a great follow. He's, he's wild. He's, yeah. He's, he's definitely but, not but, but scared. That to, I don't want to hark back to the past because this is what I think could be told by media today is these stories are out there. Right. But but it's very difficult because in the past it would have been quite easy to monetize that. You'd put a story about him in a magazine, there'd be ads in the magazine and it'd get printed and mm-hmm. there it is. Now he's got to do his own promotion. It's on video and the rest of it. And it goes around like that, but there's more to it than that. Isn't there? There's, you can take it a step further than that. You can sit down with him and go, right, look, here's a conversation. I mean, that might be something for you to do to hook up with Robbie and, yeah, no, I, I, I thought of that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I thought it'd be kind of cool to... You know, um, yeah, I, I think those stories, Dale, you know, like, we're in a situation now where you can almost write your own, write whatever you want. And if you've got an audience, they'll be into it. You know, if you're writing good stuff and you've got a... You tell a good tale and you can have some in-depth uh, reporting, like, you know, like we did with the Albion, which, cool. is, which is why... To get back to Scott Towns' thing, you know, the thing he asked about the Albion. What we did there was we would have, you know, we could you could pick up a magazine and you'd have an interview with Bestwick or Hoffman in it, but equally as much there'd be some kiddie that was just working in a mine up the northeast who was only having time to ride on the weekends, but we would give him six pages mm-hmm. because he loved BMX just as much as Jamie and just as much as Matt Hoffman, mm-hmm. and I think. I think this hierarchy where you only are reporting on the guys that are the number ones or the twos or the whatever it is, is, is rubbish because they say the least because they've got the most to lose. They're scared. A lot of those people or, the, or they're, or they're not, they don't actually, they're not even interested in saying anything because they're just so wrapped up in being the best, mm-hmm. you know? And then occasionally you might get one that, that does break the mold. Ken Roxon's been that guy for motocross. As once once he kind of broke the mold, all of a sudden Dungey started to get a bit looser on the well. I think on the microphone. I, I think Connor's even because I, I know Connor from a young age. Um, he's a funny little dude. He's so you know he got some good one liners back, and he's smart. Yeah. And but I feel again, I'm not you know interacting with him too much. I don't see him much and stuff. But I feel just looking in what I watch is really quite. And he doesn't say much. I haven't seen him laughing and joking. Again, this is just looking on the social media and stuff, but. He's got some good, 
good points and takes and is, is, is very knowledgeable and, like I said, smart. But it seems like since he's won the Olympics, he's kind of just business as usual now. is just just keeping a straight face and, and focusing on the job, you know. So Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because there's, there's probably a lot more in there, you know, that, that, that if, people would like yeah, to see. If you, if you watch that Nine Club, Dale, you'll see you'll see skaters on there and and the history they go on and, and there's current day stuff but they they're able to tell a story that that engages the viewer and informs them mm-hmm. so it informs them it's entertaining and it's um you know it's why skateboarding as a as a pastime or a hobby whatever you want to call it art form it, it it remains vibrant because it, it it's good at telling its story and i think bmx racing is terrible at telling its story i mean it, occasionally there are flashes of brilliance like rail the berm when those guys start bench racing you know some of that stuff is great i'd like to see that out there a bit more you know i've been trying to get something together in media it's not happening at the minute but there's bits of it but it it needs to it, it, someone needs to dig in and find those characters. It was easy in the past, wasn't it? Because you'd have quite a few of them mm-hmm. that were around. Your Greg Hills back in the day, Ronnie Anderson. You know, you know, uh, if there was a Ronnie Anderson around now, could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be all over the media now. I mean, you'd, quotes, you'd, yeah, people are still saying quotes. From Pete Long Ronnie did. Yeah, so many. Pete. Greg, I mean, we had them in our own little pocket in England, and every country's got the same, you know. I'm sure in France yeah. they've got, and, and Holland, and um, yeah, I, th- I think that was happening everywhere. Um, but like I say, yeah, it's, in, in, it's just uh, you don't. Yeah, maybe it's on Snapchat, and we just don't know because we're not we're not looking. You know, I don't. Well, know. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do follow. I do follow them, but I do, I just think I don't know. It, it is what it is, you know. Like it's like pop music now. I, I was sat here, we were watching pop music in the modern day and i think we put some no scrubs on yesterday we were dancing to and then we had some other stuff on which was back then and then you look at today and there's ed sheeran on the on the tv and he's getting millions of people going to his gigs and jay-z and kanye and stormzy and all that stuff it's it's very business like the world it's very, very businesslike. You've got, to, think, uh, <laughs> you got to go and tell you a good, good follow on Instagram. Is uh, I think it's 90s rave. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So all that you, all you 90s ravers, um, I'm going to pull it up now because it's so funny. They put like two or three, four videos. It's funny when I look at the time they put it on. Maybe they're not English, but I, I've got a good feeling they're English. Seems like they put yeah. it on really, really late at night. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you've got you've got to get Geth on here. There's got to be a way of doing Geth, or yeah. I'll interview Geth because, like Geth to me, is Geth was going out partying, having a good time, and still kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. I was not doing that. I was Mister Bed Early, don't eat sweets, don't drink, don't do anything, and still get beaten by a fucking bastard from bloody Derby. You know, like annoying stuff. Yeah, I don't think Geth wants to do it. I've asked him before, but definitely... Yeah, he's maybe... got to do it, because I think it would be great for people to kind of get his his take on it. Well, we'll he get probably it. will we'll, moan, we'll, maybe, moan maybe like we'll, hell about it. Yeah, maybe we'll get you to do it, and you two can talk politics. I'll do it. I'd, I would, um, I'd love to do it. You and Geth get it. I'd well, love to do it. Because, you and Geth yeah, love your politics a, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good, because he has a very different take on it all. 
Well, let's do one more question, Tim, and then we'll do this. Like I say, we'll do Tim March rants, maybe podcast once a month or something. Like I say, I've got, right, I've yeah, got, yeah, I've got right. three more weeks of my camp. That's why I really haven't been doing. So, um, no, that's fine. Yeah, we, well, yeah. we've covered some topics anyway. Yeah, yeah. let me do it. one more question though, because I say I've been super busy this summer, but uh, yeah, I've got three yeah. more weeks and then I've yeah. got more Make time. Make sure it's not one by Neil Bloody Stewart again, won't you? Oh, he's getting a lot of shout outs tonight from you. Think, uh, all right, he'll like that. That's uh, why Neil does it, uh, is so I talk about him. That's the only reason he, he, he does it. <laughs> he likes the glory I give him. He bathes in it each night. You give him a platform. He puts his, he puts his Chelsea shirt on, gets in bath, <laughs> gets in his bath, unfurls the Lee Cooper Tim March photo and just bathes in it. I know what he does. <laughs> oh dear. All right, la- last one here from Kev Revere. And he says, and this is a good question, he said, if you could work with any three uh, UK riders available to him, who would he be? So I guess you're talking to guys on the national team. Um, any, any three? Any three. And you can say, Ooh. all right, you can bring some back from the past as well if you want. We'll, we'll make that yeah, interesting. No. no, let's choose current ones. Let's keep it modern. All right. Uh, Beth. Beth. Okay. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go near Liam because he doesn't need someone like me at all. Um, yeah, the other, the, 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 the Peckham crew, all them lot. Okay, the whole crew. Yeah, I think they need some Tim March love, all and, of them. And CK Flash as well, throw them in the Yeah, mix. I don't know whether, I don't know whether Paddy, Paddy would be on my side at, at all, because I, I, his riding's amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, any, any of them lot, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, they're, they're the kind of, I, I, the Pekka masses, and you could have CK could be the press. It could be the could be the the the, the press officer. Yeah, I think psychologically, there's things that I that I could I could help them with. Um, you know, the the, the riding stuff. They're the, they're they're so technically advanced. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the the people that I'm the people that I, I like when I just go down the track. If I go down the track on Bournemouth, like there's a couple of kiddies I know that they went on one of them coaching days. They were old fellas on cruisers. And they, none of them, they couldn't jump over these doubles. And I just said to both of them, I said, look, you, you need to accelerate. If you're going to get over them doubles, you want to accelerate. Don't do a constant speed along there. I don't, I, I like working with people that where, you know what it's like when you, you, and you'll do this with your schools. You just see little things that you can help someone with. Mm-hmm. That's what I like the most. I'm not tr- here trying to be the world's best coach. I, I'd love to help the guys. If anybody wants any help, I'm, I'm happy to help for free. For anybody that wants to mail me or DM me, I'll happily give my you know, tuppence, apney, if that's all it's worth or whatever you want to do. But, you know, I just like when you see someone who's riding a bike and you know that you can pass off a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of help to them that helps them be safer and have more fun on their bike, that's a great thing to be able to do. You know, not for me, but because you give it to them. It's a gift you give to them that's going to give them more fun. I think that that's what I'm probably interested in most. Cool. All right, Tim, let's wrap it up. Final words. And like I say, we'll get you back on in about a month's time. So we can, all these people that have um, posted questions, we will get back to these. I'll, uh, I'll keep this print out of all these questions because there's so many more good ones. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do this regular maybe. Yeah. I'm just pleased that Stu, Stu, the fact that Stu Thompson's had a question on my, on my thing is, a, is to me, that's a nice little treat for me. Knowing that he did that on there, because he was, um, I'll mention it again. He was a great ambassador, Stuart. No, definitely got to agree with that. And he had a very, very, he had the best lawn I've ever seen in my life. Stuart was organised, an organised dude. A lot of things I'm not. <laughs> All right, Tim, I appreciate it. Thanks everybody that's uh, listened to this. If you're listening on iTunes, it's High Low the BMX Podcast. 
And uh, I'm going to post this on bmxweekly.com. So check it out, bmxweekly.com. Nice uh, we put up a new website. We're going to start putting some race stuff up. There's a whole bunch of us that are going to, um, you know, put some stuff on there and uh, just have a little bit of fun with some uh, BMX race media. So check it out. And, uh, yeah, Tim, thanks a lot. And uh, we will uh, catch everybody, uh, yeah, the next podcast. Coming soon. I'll send some photos. When I've gone through some of these photos, Dale, I'll send you some photos to put up on there. Yeah, definitely. That'll be great. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's great to talk to you as always. Cheers, Tim. We'll talk soon. See ya. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.